All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be talking with Bruce Lee author Steve Kerridge. Lots of gems, a little bit of Andrew Tate, and in the wise words of the Buddha, if you're going to buy a book on Bruce Lee, read the words. Let's get to it. And every day, I practice martial arts. All right, Steve, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. It's uh, great to see you again. This is our uh, second interview, so I think now it's basically just you and John Little are the only people who've been on the on the channel twice as an interview. <laughs> so uh, great to see you again. Uh, so um, from what I understand, you're working on a new book project. Is this true? Well, yeah, we've got we've got with Darren Shua. We're doing um, been working on it for quite a while. The Wild the Dragon book. I know I previously did. Um, various books on Way of the Dragon, or one particular really on Way of the Dragon. Uh, but since we did the Mandarin Superstar and Intercepting Fist, it only seemed right to carry on in the same format, uh, which is a lot more comprehensive and uh, detailed, uh, because, because of Darren now bringing on the Chinese media archive and so forth as well. And, you know, so it adds a lot more depth to the, to the, to the story, to the timeline. I say Way of the Dragon, I mean it's the timeline of that that period, you know. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. You you have the you have the book on Big Boss, you have the book on Fists of Fury. So yeah, it makes sense that this book yeah. would uh, this book yeah. would come out. Have you um have you found out anything interesting about Way of the Dragon uh, that you didn't know from from doing this book? Um oh blimey, good question. Uh, do you know what I mean I'm probably I'm probably about twenty percent into it, so I've got a long way to go. Yeah, I mean, wow. a lot of obviously there'd be a lot of, lot of the same bits and pieces that was in the previous book because you know that's history. Yes. Um, but when, for example, we've done quite a good section on the audition. Yeah. Oh, in the audition, what for the for the other actors in Way of the Dragon? Oh, for for the leading female lead. Oh, I didn't realize that that was like a big audition. I I figured Nora was kind of in the bag. So what what was that about? Well, basically, I mean, originally I think Bruce wanted Nora, but then due to um, the conflict with Low Wei, he already penciled her in for another movie. Hmm. And um, uh, obviously, I don't think Bruce was too happy about it, and uh, so they decided to try and do some auditions for to find an alternate actress, uh, which um, went from local models. You know, there's one particular model. Um, I won't name anything now because I don't want to sort of take um, spoil it. But there's one one lady who. Uh, we interviewed quite extensively. She was a newspaper reporter as well, uh, but she also done modelling. And you see her in some of the photographs. And uh, she she was it's quite funny actually because when when we first approached her, you know, I showed her the photographs and she went, oh, "I don't remember that." Wow. I'm thinking, what you don't remember doing an audition with Bruce Lee? Though, you know? She went, oh. <laughs> you know, and gradually. I mean, don't, don't forget these people are not young no more, you know? Yes, yes. 
So, um, but she, you know, it turns out she she had actually interviewed Bruce a, a few times through the newspaper. And I actually, um, she put me in touch with her editor, or a former editor, and um, he, he, he was, he, he knew more of the story than what she did, really, you know. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to have done an audition and to have mm. interviewed Bruce Lee and then basically to have not much recollection about yeah. it all yeah. those years later. Yeah. I think if we I bumped think, into think, Bruce Lee, we'd remember it. <laughs> you think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. But if, the thing is, like, I, which is one of the methods I've always tried to use when I can, if you can show someone a photograph, it's very like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly the memory comes back, you know? Sure. Which we're, sure. you know, the same for all of us, isn't it? So. Right. And right. so when I showed her several photographs, you know, she, oh, actually, blah, 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 and she started remembering things, you know? And um, mm -hmm. she didn't remember much about it at first, but as it, as it was, as we was progressing with her, she was starting to open up. And, unless she was a little bit sort of reserved, I don't know. You know, you never know what these people sure. do. Yeah, right, right, right. Wow, that's interesting, the, the whole uh, Nora and Low Way connection in there. Yeah, I didn't think yeah. about that. Uh, adding more fuel to the uh, yeah. acrimonious relationship between Bruce Lee and Lo Wei. And Lo Wei was quite famous for his ironclad contracts that people couldn't get out of. Even Jackie Chan had to enlist the help of uh, Jimmy Wang Yu to get out of his famous Lo Wei contract. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, but I, I had always assumed that Nora was kind of a shoe-in for that role. I didn't realize that there was that there was some... Oh, no, I mean, I mean originally, um, I'm not sure if you know anyway, you probably do. You know, originally, Bruce wanted to do the Green Bamboo Warrior. Okay, uh, which, uh, the Green Bamboo Warrior, uh, actually, I don't know, I mean, I've, I've, I've read a little bit about it, but maybe you can refresh the audience a little bit about what that's Basically, about. Basically, it was, it was a, a period costume, uh, martial art, epic, I suppose, that's what he wanted anyway. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you can only assume a lot of stuff, and you can only look at the evidence and think, why did they do this, why did they do that? Right. And a lot of people are, are gone now, so you can't question, we can't interview them. But you have to look at the evidence, and like we always try to, we try and sort of, I suppose the word triangulate as much as we can on anything. We can't always do that, but, so sometimes you have to put an opinion in a book, um, but sure. not, not necessarily, you know, it's, there is a part, partly guesswork with anything you're doing like that in his history. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's all um, probabilities, yeah. Of course, of course. But if you look at the the whole scenario where he's finished Fist of Fury, you know, they've formed Concord, and, um, you know, Bruce has got the, the Kung Fu TV series on the back burner, and, you know, without going into that, you know, that, that fell by the, by the one side. Uh, Warner Brothers already had Bruce on a $25,000 retainer. I don't know if you know that. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, obviously, yeah, guess, guess, guess. But you think really they've got Paramount sniffing down his throat, or you know, trying to sort of like entice him into various projects after Long Long Street, such as Tiger Force and and whatnot. You know. So um, I guess Warner's are thinking, hang on a minute. You know, let's let's get him signed up. Let's give him a retainer. At least we've got <laughs> we've got him. So right. that's retainer, but the Kung Fu, as you know, fell through for, for him. And um, <clears throat> so now you've got Concord being performed. Now Bruce wants to do this Green Bamboo Warrior. But I think reality must have hit, because when, when you think about it, the money to put on a period or to, to produce a period costume drama, you know, is not, not cheap. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you uh, have a big cast because you have all the costumes and the sets and everything. Yeah. Plus, they've got to compete with the best Shaw Brothers at that, you know? Right, with their big studio and they're already set up for all that. They're masters of the period costume. And I mean, you know, you look at, they're the main ones, aren't they? So, really, I suppose he must have thought to himself, well, he had to go, he had to meet with Warner Brothers anyway in January, February 72. So he's gone there and basically what he's done is tried to entice him into doing like a co production. I'm guessing, you know, that the, 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 the thought of mine was that, you know, if Warner's can put 50% into this or, or more, as a cope, like they eventually did really invent the dragon, but right, right. If they could do that, then they could probably afford to do to do the the uh, the period costume drama. But Warner's weren't really going for that at the moment, you know. So that sort of fell through. In the meantime, obviously Bruce was offered the the uh, yellow faced tiger, which became a man called Tiger. Right, and. Um, you know, from there, really, I mean, he, he didn't really want to do that, obviously, as, as we know now. Right. He already, was always, already putting some, a quicker, or another script together, you know, that's probably more affordable. So when you look at it, you know, I suppose the idea for, for Europe came up. Yeah, and it's such a great idea because at that time, very few Hong Kong productions even thought to shoot stuff internationally. And then, I don't think it was any. I think that was one of the first ones. Yeah, I think so too. And he, you know, yeah. but he was very smart with it because they obviously yeah. they they went there just shot some exteriors, yeah. without any permits, <laughs> and then shot yeah, the rest but, in I mean, Hong they, Kong. They, they, they hadn't made up their mind whether it was going to be London, Paris, Amsterdam, or Rome. Right. They and but it it, it ends up. It ends up being so great. I mean, obviously, you can tell now, especially with all the information we have, you know what's shot at Golden Harvest, you know what's an exterior. But, you know, for the for that film at that time, I mean, that was a huge difference from all the other stuff yeah. that they were producing. Now, there, there are a bunch of people on the, you know, Bruce Lee fans. Uh, obviously, very few people, I think, consider Big Boss Bruce Lee's masterpiece. It was his first movie. Um, Enter the Dragon is also it's kind of kind of its own thing. So it's usually when people want to talk about Bruce's best films, it's usually between Fist of Fury and Way of the Dragon. That's where most people tend to kind of you either like yeah. Team Fist of Fury or Team Way of the Dragon. So of those yeah. two movies, which one is your favorite? Do you know what? I haven't really got a favorite. Uh huh. I haven't really got a favorite. I mean, I think they're all good in their own in their own way. It's so great for you to hear that because I actually hate those questions about what your favorite is. But it just yeah. seems like everything's so polarized. Everyone, I, I did a podcast once, and the whole it was like me and a panel of people. We were voting which one was better, Fist of Fury or Way of the Dragon, right? So, but like for me, it's almost like you're you're sometimes you're in the mood to watch this one, sometimes you're in the mood to watch yeah. that one. They have a well, totally it's a bit like someone asking, "What's your favorite kid? What, what, uh, your children? What's your favorite?" <laughs> I have two kids. I have a favorite. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I definitely have a favorite uh, podcast co-host, but I'm not going to say which one that is. <laughs> 
So what if you could transport back in time for a front row seat into the life and legacy of one of the most respected Wing Chun masters in history? Gong Sao Wang, a tribute, direct students on Sifu Wang Shilong offers you just that. Through a series of exclusive conversations, 25 direct students share anecdotes, reflections, and personal stories offering in-depth understanding of the man behind the legend. Order your copy today across 12 Amazon marketplaces with free shipping. I absolutely love this book and I think you'll find it an indispensable part of your collection. I can't recommend it enough. Get yours today. Go to Amazon, type in Gong Sao Wong, and there you go. <laughs> I mean, the interesting thing is as well, we've, we've, like me and Darren, we've gone into the, the why's, where's and what's of how and why they went to Rome, who backed them, who, who supported them. But it's a lot. Of, I'm not going to go right into it now because it, I don't want to sort of give any. I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, of course. Just in some interesting stuff, and we also got to to um, to interview uh, one of the. Goal, I'm not even going to say. I, I'm really got to be careful here because <laughs> you know, like, it's um, like it's like a new Avengers movie coming out. You got to watch out for any spoilers, right? Yeah, because the next thing someone listens to this and they they find that particular person, they do an interview in a magazine, and the next thing, right. You know, so um, all I'm going to say is we interviewed someone who was on the on the, on the team, the Golden Harvest crew that was there, and um, uh, that's probably giving too much away, really. But <laughs> you know, it, it, it came up with some funny stories. You know, it, I mean, I'll give you I'll give you one story. All right, Chuck Norris actually, Chuck Norris. I mean, it's a couple of really funny stories actually. Uh, when they was filming at the airport, but Chuck, there's a Chuck Norris one where. The filming at the Coliseum, uh, which they did for over a couple of days, you know, and they filmed at the Coliseum. And uh, Chuck Norris, they've, they've, they've done whatever they've done, and Chuck Norris now is busting for a piss. Uh -huh. Can I say that? No, can I say that? Busting for a piss? You can say whatever you want. It's a, the, right. we're, okay. we're, all, so, we're all about that kind of language here. Right. <laughs> so, right. so you've got him, you've got Bob Wall. Bob Wall, who's obviously just there as a, uh, well, wasn't even supposed to be there until. He turns up and Bruce goes, "What the fuck's he doing here?" Right. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that. Whether that story was actually true that Bob Wall yeah, kind of basically invited 100%, 100%. himself. Hundred percent. Wow. Chaplin, Chaplin Chang told me that himself. Wow. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so you got Bob and Chuck at the Coliseum. Uh, you, you've seen the photographs where they, you know, where they're in the boat in the, in the shop. Yes. Obviously, yes. Bob wasn't in the scene there. So, but they're busting for a piss. So. Um, can you hold on a minute? We're going to go and find a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they've gone. They've, like 30, 40 minutes later, they're still not returned. <laughs> so now they're thinking, shit, we've got to get some long shots here. So according to, to who we interviewed, he said that Chaplin actually, and I could not, obviously Chaplin's passed away now. I was like, yeah. to find out if, it was, if his memory was correct, uh, this fella. He said Chaplin stood in for some of the long distance shots. Uh, I don't know where that, you know, so I'm only going, you can only write what they tell you. And they they were there, so um, anyway, eventually Chuck and Bob returned, and basically what had happened they couldn't find a toilet nowhere, so they eventually found a big tree to have a piss around, you know, piss up, and then some some uh, wild dogs started attacking them. Oh jeez, it's <laughs> like uh, going so from they, bad to worse. Yeah, so now they're trying to get away from these dogs snarling, growling, and barking and. You know, while they've while they got their... their uh, Karate geese on, right? Well, I was going to say, got their bits out, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
you know, so now they, you know, so hence the, uh, the, the delay in them getting back. <laughs> wow. Wow. And when, there's when, loads of little funny stories like that. And there's with yeah. Melissa Longo and, you know, he recalls the filming there and what they did. There. It, it, it's some interesting stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it'll be a very good book. I'm not just doing it just to try to sell it. It will be. I yeah, no, even, I'm sure. I'm all of, all your, all your books are great. I was just thinking for a moment there, you know, they had to do all that work. Bob, Bob Wall and Chuck had to, you know, fight off dogs while taking a piss just yeah. for basically that one zoom in shot from across yeah. the Coliseum. <laughs> it's like that yeah. was basically all they got from from all of all of that hard so I'm work. Not, I'm not sure what the shot that Chaplin should have been stepping in for, because obviously you see a zoom with Chuck in the distance, but you still see his Chuck. There might have been something where he's, you know, you see him go across the Coliseum somewhere. I'll have to re rewatch it. Right. You know, Interesting. Unless his memory had faded. But um, I'll doubt it very much. He was pretty he was pretty good with his memory. He was pretty good. He, he remembered, I'm not being funny, he remembered some stories at the airport, you know, where you know, they're all around you know, with the kid with the ice cream and whatever. And they're all yeah. bruised out from the restaurant. He said, and they're all sort of like getting ready to take the shot. And one of the extras, one of the Italian extras farted. <laughs> and like, and obviously everyone burst into laughter and, you know, and it was like a, it just, it was just funny, just funny. Like, right, you know, right. Those little funny stories, like, you know, like human stories, you know what I mean? Not, nothing like a Superman stories, but just basic. Yeah, human, but I, I like those stories because th those are stories I think everyday people can relate to, you know, Bruce Lee being able to do push-ups on two of his fingers is not the most relatable fact about Bruce Lee, right. but, you know, laughing at a fart is universal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, do, you know, do, so there were loads of little anecdotes like that, really, for the book. But that's what we be. I'm not sure when it... I mean, I'm, I've been working on other projects. I'm doing the fanzine, as you know. Um, right. Uh, which, uh, just to let you know, it was a bi-monthly. I've just changed it just to a, just to a, a, a fanzine now because... My fault, really. I mean, originally I thought myself, you know, bi-monthly, but it's such a... It's uh, a lot of work. I, it's fitting it in with me with me everyday work anyway. You sure, know? sure. It, it ties me up too much to do like, projects like the Way Book and whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I could do it, but it'd just be full of shit. <laughs> right, let's right. To be honest. You yeah, know, you just yeah go, it's crazy. Let's put some yeah. fillers in. Let's get... Let's interview someone about, you know, the first time I see Enter the Dragon. Let's do it. All this bullshit that you see in a lot of magazines, and you think, yeah, yeah, who's really interested in that? You know, you, you know, this interview with a skateboarder that's uh, that got influenced by Bruce Lee because his mum, blah 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 blah. You know, you think, <laughs> right. who's interested in that? Yeah, or, uh, uh, a rapper no one that. has ever heard about who's been influenced yeah. by Bruce Lee. It reminds yeah. me of that I Am Bruce Lee documentary a few years that, back. They had, exactly, they had they, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, we've done a few where it, it's nice if you've got a good celebrity or someone that's been influenced. We did one in one of the, uh, which issue it was now, one of the UFC Bellator fighters. Now that, that okay, I can, I can live with because I think to myself, that man's gone there. He's fought at the top level. Right. And, you know, he's driving force was Bruce Lee from a kid. So, yeah. yes, it's great to see things like that. But when it comes to, I don't know, I keep saying a skateboarder or whatever it is, you think, well, it's not a martial art. It's not a fighting art. To me, it's not. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It's just my. No, opinion. I don't. I don't. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> as no, as a no. as a Bruce Lee fan, whenever I'm forced to listen to like some hip hop artist tell me, "Oh, I was inspired by Bruce Lee's choreography to improve my hip hop," right. I I just wonder yeah, why yeah. I'm supposed to care. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> listen, I can understand it if it was like Elvis Presley, you know, and he was still alive. And he said, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, Bruce was my influence. <laughs> yeah, my influence for my oh, kicks. <laughs> you, you think to yourself, well, okay, 
Yeah, it's Elvis Presley talking, you know, or Paul McCartney or I don't know, whoever. But someone right. who's a top-level A-list celebrity, you can go, you know, like if Arnold, Arnold came out and said, you know, I won't try and do it as a little accent, but if Arnold came out and said, you know, Bruce Lee was more influencing, blah, 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 it'd be worth doing an interview with him because absolutely. it's Arnold. It's Arnold, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although but, he's not a martial but, artist, he's, a, he's an icon yeah. in that action cinema, you know. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you've seen it, but Netflix has a new three-part documentary on Arnold. Yeah, I've not watched it. Is it good? It's, it? I, I watched the first two parts last night. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, yeah. I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Arnold nerd. I even went to yeah. the house that he grew up in in South Austria and went to the museum yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm that level of a Arnold nerd. The funny thing, when I was a kid, I started karate in, in um, Stratford in East London. And the actual dojo, it was inside uh, a bodybuilding gym. Wow. Which is called Bill Stevens' gym. And um, it was like the, 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 the fellow that ran it. It was like an ex-bodybuilding champion. And you literally, just to give you, actually, when I interviewed Bob Wall years ago, funny enough, he'd actually been there when he came to London. In you know, Bob 60, Wall? Yeah, when he was about 1968, 69, he came to London. Huh. And he'd done karate and he, he told me where it was. I said, that's where I was to, where I was to go. Anyway. Oh, wow. I've gone off on the thing there. But you used to go into this the, the entrance and it was like a staircase. You go up to the top of the stairs and you'd walk through and you'd have like the like canteen reception area and the bodybuilding area. But if you did a left, it went up a few like, a bit of a slope and it was like an old converted cinema. So it was massive. And you'd go in there as a dojo, a big giant Japanese flag and all the bamboo and the makiwaras down the wall and the mirrors and the wow. mats and you know, big uh, Rising Sun on the on paint on the floor and, and whatever. Proper, you know, 1970s. I mean, back then they was earning a fortune and they was getting up like three classes a night at 50 in a class, you know, it was like... Yeah, sure. Non-stop, you know. And they, I think they all bought their houses out of it, I was told. Which, you know, good luck <laughs> to them at the time. But any, anyway, um, going back to the Arnold thing, the reason I said that for, because when you used to walk into the bodybuilding part, in the reception area, I always remember this as a kid, because I was like, I started when I was 10 years of age, you know, so... And you you remember things, certain things, you know, and uh, there was a giant coat hanger, a big wooden coat hanger above the, uh, on the on the wall with all the posters and stuff, a real coat hanger, and it had Arnold on it. Wow. And it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, he'd actually he'd give it to him, because he used to train at Wag Bennett's as well down the down the road from there. It was a gym called Wag Bennett's, and that's where Arnold used to train when he was in the UK back in the, I'm guessing the 60s. Yeah, he, he he went there very early on. That was when he was testing the waters to see how well he would do yeah. in competition before he came to the yeah. U.S. Yeah, he was in that's London. It, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's that's where he was. Uh, you know, so he'd been to that Bill Stevens gym as well. So that okay. I always think. Of that. So as a kid, I always knew. I'm I'm probably babbling on like I normally do, but we're talking about Arnold, and to me, it, it's very much like um, a lot of people never heard of Arnold until he did Terminator or whatever. You know, but I knew him from a kid because. Because of that, and then I used to buy the bodybuilding magazines as a kid, right? You know, you know, so I knew who he was, you know. And when when Conan, was it Conan, one of the first films he brought out, or a proper film he brought out? Yeah, it was Conan. Was the first. We, real we one. all went up to the West End of London because oh, I was in a film. Swans, he's in the film, and we couldn't believe it. You know, we we you know obviously, we, and we'd already seen Pumping Iron, you know, right. you know, back in the seventies. That's so, yeah, I've always been a. Uh, 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 it's a huge fan. I've always been a fan of Arnold. 
Yeah, he's he's always great, and he's someone who's been able to shift his career and go from one thing to the next thing. And I mean, really, really I'm sure, remarkable. I'm sure, person. actually, someone I can't remember. I was trying to think of this the other week because I'd have to do some research and where I where I've found it before. Bruce actually mentions Arnold in something. He mentioned him, pointed him out. Oh, there's a, this young uh, bodybuilder. He stands out amongst everyone else. It no kidding. Yeah, but I can't remember. And that definitely somewhere I'd seen it years ago. Wow. Wow. I, I didn't I, know that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can't 100% say it's true. But I remember seeing it and I thought, whoa. That's, that's... So he knew who Arnold was, which he would have done anyway. If he was into the weeder products and bodybuilder or, or weight right. thing himself, he, he would yeah. have known Arnold. Yeah, but Arnold was Joe Weeder's boy right there. I mean, he was, yeah. So he would have known, he would have known who he was. That's what, uh, you know, my my podcast co-host, Dre and I, we've discussed a few times. The thing that we miss with Bruce Lee's untimely death was Bruce Lee in the 1980s. Can you imagine collaborations with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you imagine like all the things that he could have done in the eighties, like with action films and everything and how things changed on a skateboard, on a skateboard, of course, (laughs) inspiring kids to skate to this day. (laughs) So, uh, when is your, um, when is your wave of the dragon book, um, scheduled to come out? Uh, right. I'm going to do a guesstimate here. I'd say probably early next year, mid next year. Yeah, it's always difficult. To, uh, people ask me too. I'm also working on a book. When's it going to be ready? And it's like it'll be ready when it's ready. <laughs> you know, you know tends to happen. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what tends to happen from past experiences. You you, you get something planned, oh, and let's face it, you can sit down and, and you can get a rough idea. You can do that section, that section, and whatever else. Then suddenly you, you, you get in touch with someone that you didn't think you could get in touch with, who who's got stories again, or some archive uh, presents itself, and you think, shit, I've got to rewrite that section now because. I've got more information on it. So right. that, that's happened loads of times, that is, where, especially right. like with a superstar and with me and Darren and Incepting Fist, you know, you do a section, please with it, and suddenly, bang, out of the blue, you'd get some information on someone or something had come up, and you think, well, okay, or, you know, or, or a photograph would appear, and you, you'd find a clue in the photograph, and you think, shit, I've got to rewrite this, because if I don't rewrite it, I'm not doing the fans justice, really. You know. Sure, sure. And for people who don't know, Darren is basically your connection over there, who helps you get a lot of this information, right? Yeah, I mean, we've done we've done it together. Darren, Darren's very good. I mean, Darren's um, you know, he's very meticulous at what he does. You know. Yeah, I've ch- I've chatted with him once or twice on on Facebook, and yeah. it's a. Uh, <clears throat> It, it's a great feeling to, to just meet with someone who just knows so much about Bruce yeah. Lee and details and and it's really really inspiring his level of, of knowledge uh, on, on the topic he's you you really yeah, have a lot, a lot yeah. of that we can't from the west we can't see that you know we can't see that I mean Darren like unlike a lot of Chinese now can't even read Chinese as you probably know you know right Darren's more old school he can read Chinese so he's he's around about my it's age very helpful yeah yeah so he, he can through the archives and you know find and and he's very good where, where you and I would know western celebrities you know we might not necessarily know all that we wouldn't know the all the Chinese celebrities and right from Southeast Asia or whatever because but Darren would so he'd recognize people in a photograph or less blah, 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 you know and yeah pieces of the joke jigsaw puzzle that you know, I might find a few, and Darren finds the one that fits it together. You know, so it's he's very good like that. You know, and uh, yeah. 
So, but yeah, so the way of the Dragon Book, I'm hoping, I'm hoping by, you know, mid next year at latest. But I'm still working on bits and pieces. We're doing, like, we're doing actually at the moment, we're doing a Big Boss uh, magazine. A Big Boss magazine. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't going to at first because obviously we covered a lot of that, in the, or virtually all of it, in the Mandarin Superstar. Yes, yes. But what we, what we found is, you know, um, it's, it's strange because uh, you do all these books. And the amount of Bruce Lee fans that don't even read them. Oh, yeah. Don't even read them. You know, and listen, I'm not knocking anyone. Some people just want to sit and look at photographs. It's great, but... Sure, sure. Uh, I can't understand. Personally, you know, if you buy a book, it's got words in it, read it. You know, and... Uh, <laughs> I, want to, I want to put that on a shirt. <laughs> you got a book that's yeah. got words in it. Read it, Steve Carriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right up there with the Buddha. <laughs> if it's got words in it, read it. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and so we thought, you know what? Most of the information, uh, well, you've got the the, um, the Arrow box set coming out soon, yeah? With the, with the Mandarin Big Boss cut. Yeah, you so know, that's a new that's a new release. What are they releasing? Uh, all his films or one of them? What what, what is that? I, cause I, I don't keep up too much up with that. Uh, what they're doing? They're releasing all the film, apart from Enter the Dragon. They're releasing all the movies, um, the Golden Harvest ones. And what they've actually, I spoke to James Flower, who's, do, who's the man from Arrow, and he basically they they went to Fortune Star, and like years ago, uh, Brian White from Hong Kong Legends. Who I know Brian. Brian. Uh, when they did, did the Hong Kong Legends uh, remastered movies, you know, one of the questions Brian asked him was, "Have you got the Mandarin, the original Mandarin print?" Mm. And Brian told me this himself. They they said to Brian, they said, um, "No, I don't think we've, I don't think we have." He said, but he knew from the way they spoke that it couldn't be asked. They couldn't be asked, you know. And so when I spoke to James Flower, I said, "I said, come on, give me the, give me the lowdown, give me the, or the rundown on." Because I see that. I've seen it myself back in the late 70s. You saw the Mandarin print? Yeah, yeah, in the late 70s, yeah. yeah Interesting. And, uh, I've, never, I've never seen the original Mandarin. I've just seen the cheaply dubbed, like, they'll have, like, a Mandarin track now, but it's not the original one. Yeah, no, I'll see that. I'd like to see that back in the late 70s. And um, I think the last time it was actually screened was then. Someone said there's a rumor that it was shown in Hong Kong or something in the early 80s, maybe. Mm-hmm. But after that, obviously, you had Star TV bought bought out Golden Harvest. Was it Star first, then Fortune Star, or where I forget now? But there's a list of them that it went through. So going back to the Big Boss, we thought, well, do you know what? People read this, but they don't they don't read it. So they they, they look at the book, they don't read the history of it. So this Arrow box set comes in. Suddenly, I'm seeing all these posts on Facebook and what else. People asking questions. Oh, what what happened here and what happened there? I think. It's all in the bloody book. If you read the book, it's in there. <laughs> yes, right, they're right. Like they're asking questions. They're all the deleted scenes are in. Everything's in there. The, 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 we even did, as you, you've seen, we've even, we even did the, um, the filming schedule. You know, what was filmed first, second, third, and so forth, all through, through the film. Obviously, not, it's not in the same order that the film, you, you watch it. Right, anyway. sure. But the reason we found out that was because I've got all the contact sheets you know, the, which will take them day by day. Yes. And, you know, you can see what's first, second. So, you know, the, the, one minute they're at the ice factory and they go somewhere to go back the next day to, you know, so you can see what's going on. And that, that was a right pain in the arse to do that was. A real yes. pain in the arse. 
right. but I thought it'd be nice to put it in the book. So we, we went into meticulous detail with it, really. And then everyone is still asking about the saw in the head scene. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. yeah. So what we did, me and Darren had a, had a chat about it, and we decided that, you know, should we just do a, I'm going to do it really as a Bruce Lee fanzine special, really. It'd be a bit bigger than that, but um, sure. I can attach it to that as far as part of that series, if you like. Rather than do it as a book, I think just do it as a as a quite a thick magazine, good quality or high quality. Right. It's going to be good quality anyway. Magazine, right. and um, it'll just be that extract from the big boss. You know that what not not we haven't exactly extracted what's out of man in suits and gone plonk in there. That's just a, that's cheating. <laughs> right, right, right. right. That's like selling something twice. You know that they've already bought. So we've actually put it together and we've gone into a bit more detail on certain aspects that we didn't necessarily do. In, and there's actually there's a couple of scenes that, um, once again, one's a saw, one's a saw scene that's still mm. not in the Mandarin print, you know. Right. And so we've explained why that, why that wasn't in the original Mandarin print, which we know. And the second uh, brothel scene or bordello scene. Um, the one with his famous nude scene in it, right? Yeah, but there's also right. another. There's a there's a trimmed part of that as well. They never show. They never. They didn't even show at the premiere. They mm. took out before the premiere, and uh, so we go into details of that and the and the people behind that and what, why they why they did why they didn't and what else. So we analysing things a bit more. So I think it'd be interesting reading if anyone does read it, which they probably right. won't. They're probably just really looking at the pictures. So yeah, it, you know. it's it's <laughs> it's shocking because I think you know with with Bruce Lee fans. There are there are levels, you know, there are obviously people like yourself who are really into getting all the information as accurately as possible, getting the behind the scenes stories. Who are these people? Why did this happen? What happened? And then there's people who just look at him and clap their hands and go, wow, kicking, punching, kicking, punching. And their knowledge of Bruce Lee doesn't really go beyond that. And those seem to be the people who watch Beardy's videos on YouTube. Uh, I I realized uh, this lately because I did. um one or two videos kind of debunking some of the nonsense on that Beardy Bruce Lee channel, which is for people who don't know, because le legitimate Bruce Lee fans are probably listening to this. Most legitimate Bruce Lee fans do not watch the Beardy channel. It's usually the, 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 although he has millions of people on there, it's like, I don't know who these people are that actually watch his channel. Um, but he basically just makes up stuff about Bruce Lee. He'll post a photo I've seen, and then I've say, seen a bit. I can't watch. I've yes, seen like for that famous photo of Dan Inosanto in the karate gi. And then he said this was a karate master named Grandmaster Baxter who challenged Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee. It like just make it's like, and everyone knows that's Dan Inosanto. Well, uh, about a year and a half ago, I did a video where I just basically called all of his viewers idiots. And uh, the only people who watched that episode were my followers. Like Beardy's followers don't consume anything Bruce Lee related besides Beardy. But now in the last three weeks or so, it appears that Beardy's followers have finally found my material and they're commenting and they're oh. really angry with me because... Uh, uh, according to them, I'm jealous of uh, Beardy's um, insider information about Bruce Lee, and 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 then and, and then you get these comments where people are reacting so emotionally in defense of someone who's like clearly a, as far as Bruce Lee goes, this guy's a complete fraud. He's making stuff up, uh, just speaking off the cuff on photos and things. But if there's an entire group of people who like Bruce Lee, who are going to 
go to bat and defend Beardy, then it also makes sense that within the more legitimate fans, there are people who are into it but don't actually read about so, what yeah. happened. And, and I think if anyone who's a serious Bruce Lee fan who does not have your books is seriously missing out. I mean, I consider myself a Bruce Lee fan, and then I got then, then you sent me a couple of your books, and I was like, wow, there was so much I didn't know uh, on you know the behind the scenes because your your books don't just have great photographs, but the photographs themselves are worth the price of admission for the books. But the stories behind it, you know, you, you get those firsthand eyewitness accounts of people who worked on the set, all the background stuff. It's layered so well. It explains things, gives dates and timelines. And, you know, for any legit fan of Bruce Lee, I think, you know, they definitely should should get your stuff. And as the great Buddha, Steve Carriage said, read it. <laughs> it's got words in it. Read it. Yeah. 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 Well, there, awesome. there was one. There was one Bruce Lee fan. He's, he's a, gr a great lad. You know what I mean? But he'd done a review for one of the books on YouTube or something. You know, and he was commenting about Fist of Fury about the hair swept back. You know, yes. And, he, and what wonderful, you know, praising the book up. So I'm not, not knocking him. But then, yeah. he, he, then he says, "I'm not sure why Bruce did this, but and I thought we in the words below it." <laughs> <laughs> Um, it it says it right there. <laughs> so that's probably yeah. one. That's probably one customer I've just lost. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's. Fine. <laughs> well, even the, on on my most perhaps my most famous or notorious video, which is about the uh, Bob Baker Bruce Lee drug letters, the number of people who say uh, this is totally fake, bro. And uh, they go like, "Oh yeah, where's your where's your evidence?" And or or they claim somehow that. I'm actually reading that, like I'm claiming that I'm reading the actual letters, even though in the video I talk about th yeah. these were on an auction, they were available online, I'm reading it off of there. People like, they don't even, forget reading, I think they don't even listen to the, like the, the beginning of the video where I said, here are 50 letters that are at an auction, these were authenticated by the auction. Yeah, how do you know those are real, bro? The uh, auction house verified them, I literally just said, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's uh, crazy. You're never going to win. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the first lesson, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, it, the Bruce Lee scene is dying anyway. You know, it's like, and it, 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 people are getting older. A young yes. generation coming along don't know, don't know. They might have heard of him, but don't, they're not into it. Right. Um, you know, if you if you said who's James Dean, I, I bet a lot of youngsters would go. No idea. Or you know, no so it's, or, I bet you as well. I bet there's enough youngsters now. If I went into my into my uh, you know my gym and said to any of the young youngsters in there like you know uh, would you think of Steve McQueen they'd probably go uh. <laughs> exactly so, exactly you know so it's, it's definitely you know so it's good that, I mean to me look, let's, let's be honest it's be brutal here there's so much shit on the market that comes out regularly shit magazines and shit there's so much crap on the market. Now, there's two ways of looking at that, you know. Now, I tend to look at it more in a positive manner in a lot, in a lot of ways because I think, well, firstly, why do people waste their money on this crap, you know? Um, but secondly, the best way to look at it is a positive side and say, well, as long as there's Bruce Lee material coming out of some shape or form, it keeps the name there. Yes. You know, so there may be crap, but at least it keeps the name there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. You know, and, um, then, you know, at least people are talking about it if there's still stuff yeah. coming out and there's still yeah, the like occasional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but you can go in, a, in a, a shop that sells a lot of old toot, you know, it's got a Bruce Lee, I don't know, the handbag, Bruce Lee's photograph or whatever, you know, and you think, well, what's it got to do with Bruce Lee or skateboard? It's, it's always right. skateboard. It's always <laughs> so the damn skateboarders. Skateboards. If you're in, it's in a skateboard shop and it had a Bruce Lee image on it. Yeah. And Bruce Lee's image. <laughs> I have I have two of those skateboards, by the way. Oh, right. <laughs> oh double skateboards. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bruce, like just like Bruce did the single nunchaku, then of course had to go for the double. double. Like you always got to. <laughs> you always got to. You always got to step it up every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. No. No. You're right. I think there's besides a few dinosaurs like uh, like us really talking about it. You know, yeah. there's still a little bit out there. That means it's still. Yeah. It's, it's still somewhat uh, alive, but yeah, I think you're right. The, the the number of people who really have that deep interest in it's probably waning. I once uh, kind of to talk about whether people knew Steve McQueen or um, mm. you know, and James Dean. I, I once a few years ago uh, had a Mister gave a Mister T reference while I was teaching Wing Chun. I said something like a, punching the guy in the face, and he reacts like Mister T. And one of my students was like, uh, "Who's Mister T?" And I was like, yeah. all right, forget it. I quit. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. And then what year were you yeah. born? Two thousand. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, like okay. my school is two years younger than you. All right, like, this is yeah. unbelievable, right? Crazy, isn't it? But that's that's yeah. Yeah, progress or not or whatever. I don't know. But so I can I can understand like when you got like say the Bruce Lee estate, say Shannon, they may bring out stuff on Bruce's philosophy or whatever. You know, and um, I can understand a lot of it because they're trying to make it more of a current thing. Yeah. You know, um, or a timeless. You know, if you can, if you can bring it into different genres of thought or whatever. You know, it's you know, it'd be terrible to see the Bruce Lee memory gone. You know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think really for, yeah, I think he'll always kind of be somewhat of an somewhat of an icon because he did, yeah. he's just the yeah. dude so stylish. He's so timeless. Um, yeah, yeah. But be, before before I forget, by the way, because we have talked and extolled the virtues of your fantastic books, if someone wants to get a hold of your books, what's the best way for them to go about doing that? Um, you've got the website, which is bruceleeforever.com. Bruceleeforever.com. We'll make sure we put that in the description below. Yeah, no, right, Andrew yeah, there's, can put that in there. There's stuff on there, but a lot, a lot of stuff, because most, well, most of the stuff we've done has been limited edition, so they do tend to sell out. And right. So, you know, so that's the only drawback with that. But yeah, so they're going to have to get it like from from a collector who's going to charge them a whole bunch oh, for it, right? Well, yeah, that's the only problem with it, you know? Yeah, of course. Problem. Are you an instructor from the WT Wing Chun line and are confused about aspects of your Wing Chun training? Do you have questions about application, Guo Sao, Lat Sao, or how to train or teach Chi Sao? Do you need help with your curriculum or just guidance to push past your current skill level? Please consider coming to Florida and doing an immersion course with me. Immersion courses are 20 private lessons taught in five days in a very serious and intensive manner. These are done in my Florida home so you can stay there and focus on your training in the sunshine. Courses are individually crafted to your needs after we have a consultation. No politics, no nonsense, just serious training. Click the link in the description of this episode to find out more about immersion training with me in Florida. Florida. I'm currently filling up spots for March and April of 2023, so apply today to get one of those dates. Spots are limited because of my schedule, so book before the end of February 2023. Again, the link for immersion training in Florida is in the description below, 
and I'll see you in the sunshine. Yeah, you do it right. I should also make my books collector books, limited run, and then and then keep a bunch of them and then sell them as a third party uh, uh, <laughs> auction people. Like, oh, I still have the original print right here and sell them for four yeah. times the amount. <laughs> I, find, I mean, to me, you know, there's, there's, you can do, I mean, some of the stuff you can buy on Amazon now. I mean, I've got a few bits and pieces on Amazon, but that's basically, they're done print on demand anyway. All this stuff you right. buy on Amazon, there's you no know, print on demand mostly. Yeah. All because, you know, they go through these, these, these people that do various Bruce Lee stuff or whatever, they go through certain companies that, you know, they upload their stuff and that gets sent to Amazon and everything else. So right. whenever they put limited edition on these things, they're talking about their backside because it ain't. Right. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, not it's print on demand. That's what it's done, you know. So it's but, real, it's real ours limited. Is genuinely, <laughs> ours is genuinely limited edition. Right, so if right. it says 100, there's only 100, you know? Right. And uh, yeah, yeah. So now you're finishing the way, or you're still working on the way of the dragon book. Do you yeah. have? I know it's like the yeah. worst thing. You're 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 doing a project and then ask you about other projects. But do you have? Are there any other Bruce Lee projects that you want to do in terms of books? Anything like that you still haven't done yet? Um, I don't know. Is there an Enter the Dragon book in the future or? Possibly. I mean, um, as I say, we're doing this. Big Boss special at the moment, which will be probably right. the one next one to be released. Uh, and then, you know, as as ideas and whatever else come in, the next fanzine, I think we're up to issue, issue five actually is being released next week, I believe it is. Next awesome. Week. Awesome. So, uh, I'll, I'll get a copy. Yeah, I, I contributed an article in one of, it was either the first one or second yeah. one, one of the early ones. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to get yeah. you some more, actually. I'd like to do some more if you could. Sure, sure. Yeah. I got a bunch of Bruce Lee stuff in my head. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I, 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 it's one of the things I was going to ask you anyway. Um, so that'll be, you know, next few months, I'll probably be looking at starting. I'm off to Thailand next uh, this, uh, next month or so anyway, training. So I'm nice. Out there. Um, nice. Yeah, I wanted to uh, speak to you a little bit about your um, your kickboxing. So obviously you're gonna, you go to Thailand, uh, you, you train in kickboxing. Is there a specific gym that you go to when you're over there? Um, several. We're, it's been, I mean, we travel. My wife's from Thailand originally, so we do travel a bit. Um, I, norm, I normally settle down in, in Koh Samui. Um, nice. I've done our family trips and worlds, you know. Right. And several gyms. There's one particular gym, which is WMC in Samui. Give a shout out to them because they're, they're, they're good. We've got Super Pro, another good one there. There's several good gyms in Samui. Um, but, you know, being an old fart now, I don't I'll just go out there and keep myself fit and punch a bag, you know. <laughs> but it's just good to be around it because when I'm teaching, to me, you, you you can never you never stop learning, you know. So yeah. it's and you may see someone do something slightly different. You think, oh, that's a variation on a the theme, but that's good. Right, right. Um, I also was going through my Facebook a few days ago, and a photo popped up of you with the notorious Andrew Tate. Uh, <laughs> I, I so did you had you trained him for kickboxing before, or no, no, were you like I didn't, train, I didn't train Andrew. I just I know Andrew through I know his trainer Amir Sabasic, and um, one of my fighters, Reese Rao, who's won a few world titles in the past. He Andrew used to come down and spar with him. Oh, okay. So it's it was that's how we we know. Yeah, but I know his trainer quite well. Right, and, right, right, right. It's yeah, all like the yeah. notoriousness aside, I, I saw some highlight yeah. videos of Andrew Tate when he was really quite good at kickboxing. Really, oh, that was good. Yeah, was good. So he actually had his first fight on a promotion I put with a friend of mine. Wow! And uh, he had a, he had his first fight, and uh, he fought one of my fighters actually, 
and knocked my fighter out. Bang! Oh, jeez. <laughs> First fight. So uh -huh. he's got, you know, he's had a lot of, he's got, some people just got that knockout, you know, touch. And he, Andrew Tate's definitely one of them, you know. Right, right. And do you know what? I mean, not to say it because we were on here, but I always found him a really good, good bloke and a good fella. You know, to me, yeah. No, I mean, um, it's quite funny actually because about two months ago or so, there's a photo, as you says, a photo circling, circulating. I know. I saw on. It was. In, I think it was an older photo you had posted. You know, sometimes Facebook will periodically, yeah, like yeah. repost an old photo. And there was a photo of you at some. It looked like at a kickboxing gym, and Andrew Tate was next to you. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, it, that was when he was down sparring one time, and uh, one of my juniors came up to me, eight or nine years old. Steve, 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 what? what I, you, you, he's all like stuttering. What's, what, what's the matter? Like he said, uh, I didn't know you knew Andrew Tate. You're famous. All right. <laughs> like, oh, right. <laughs> well, what was he talking about? So the little, little kid knew it was. You know, you think. You know, probably if I asked him who Bruce Lee was, he wouldn't know. Right. <laughs> but he knows Andrew Tate. Everyone knows Andrew Tate. He knows Andrew Tate. <laughs> he knows the Kardashians, and he knows uh, whoever else is know, You know, <laughs> all the, all the like, important Jake ones. Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even I even heard uh, Andrew Tate was was good, potentially going to fight one of the Paul brothers. I don't know if it's Logan yeah. or Jake. I can't tell the two apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. What 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 do you think? Just I know this is very armchair kind of guessing because Andrew Tate hasn't been um, active in kickboxing recently. Um, but given his 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 record and his experience, if he were to go into a boxing match. With someone like I don't, is is Jake the better of the two? I don't know. One of them is better than the other. I think in boxing. Do, right? do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? You, you've got to look at if someone's got ring craft. If they've got ring craft, that you know, within reason, of course, if they've got ring craft. They can get in there. Andrew Tate's got a lot of experience. You know, Jake Paul's not going to phase Andrew. Right. I'm not right. saying Andrew would phase Jake Paul, but I think the reason let's face it, look. I'd get in and fight both of them on the same night if I was getting that sort of money, wouldn't you? <laughs> you, know, you yes, you, you, absolutely. <laughs> you, you know you're going to get your face rearranged. You know you think, well, okay, at least I'm a, I can I can get a good plastic surgeon. You know. <laughs> but yes, to, to absolutely. Me, to me, I, I I'd probably put my money on Andrew Tate. Yeah, yeah, because, I think so too. Um, I'm not knocking Jake Paul. I, I quite admire him, to be honest with you. I quite admire yeah, him. Yeah, take some stones to go in there and fight against yeah. these dudes and be, well, beat a bunch of these done. dudes. Come yeah. out and, and to do that, you know, I mean, there's, there's two schools of thought with that, isn't there? I mean, you, you can look at some really, really good professional boxers that have, you know, from a child, they've gone through the amateur ranks, won titles and uh, and maybe even fought in the Olympics, you know, and then turned professional, won world titles or whatever. And they're still not earning the same sort of money as Jake Paul comes along and fights. Who's the MMA fighter he's fighting? Nate Diaz, is it? I think that's that's who he's got next. Yeah, yeah. That's you think really yeah. like you, you got to look. You got to look through it. You know, Nate Diaz, great fighter, obviously. Like, you know, another, another great yeah. fight. But where's he going to? Where's Nate Diaz going to demand the sort of money he's probably getting for that? Right. Same as Tommy, same as Tommy Fury. You know, when Tommy Fury fought, um, you know, Tommy Fury, obviously the brother of. Tyson Fury, so they get higher profile than if he wasn't the brother of Tyson Fury, without a doubt. Yeah, it's not, right. not his fault, it's just life. But, right. you know, Tommy Fury's a good boxer. 
But at the end of the day, you know, he, he's not a world class boxer. As far, when right. I say that, I don't mean to knock him. Right. I'm just saying he's not he's not like a a, a Canelo type level, is he? Sure. You know? Sure. And that's that's I say it's not knocking the man. I'm, I'm what I'm trying to say. Is I'm trying to say that I admire him because yeah. you know Tommy Fury's gone out there and he's got he's got good boxing skills. He's gone out there and he's done the business on Jake Paul and shut him up really. Yeah. And himself in the in the in the throws probably himself what. 10 million or whatever, I don't know what it was, you know, where he could never have demanded that sort of money if he would have fought for a British title against another professional boxer. Yeah, right. So You're absolutely correct. Not, yeah. You cannot blame these people. You know, it's, boxing is a business, isn't it? Isn't a sport's a business. Right, right. Sport, it's a business above all, isn't it? You know, professional are you, are you, do, do you like these uh, kind of... Do you like these kind of fights where it's like an MMA guy fighting a boxer in the boxing ring? Or do you feel that these guys are just, they should really more stay in their lane? I mean, even, you know, Con Connor had his fight with Mayweather and like. I don't you know, think it means anything. Sorry, Tony. I don't think it means nothing because to me, I mean, it's like when Mayweather fought McConnor. Uh, McConnor. Uh, Conor McGregor, sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, brothers. Trying to turn me sound off. Um, although, although I kind of like Mick Connor, <laughs> Could we call him Mick Connor from now on. <laughs> yeah, 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 Mick Connor, yeah. Uh, but you know, when, when those two fought, you know, I didn't bother watching it. Uh, to me, right. I mean, I, I love Conor McGregor. Yeah. Same with they're, they're both great, but if it had been a case where uh, McGregor says, "Right, okay, I'll fight you, fight Mayweather in the boxing ring," yeah, but the clause is. You've got to return that by fighting me MMA in the in the cage. Yes. Why why don't they do that? Like you have one or or you do a, you know one fight in this format, one fight in this format, or one round in this format. Well, I think so. Uh, why the, the reason why is because it's not about the fighting; it's about the money. That's all it is. Right. Right. All it is. You know, they've gone out there. They've generated hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. But for Mayweather, it was a sparring match. He's just got paid hundred million to spar. Yeah, yeah, and you get, uh, kind of had that talking, feeling when he was yeah, in there. He's yeah, he's not talking McGregor. McGregor's a great fighter, but he's not a boxer. Yeah. He's an MMA fighter. Right, right. You know, so for him to go out there and do that, he's done well, but it's against one of the all-time greats, you know. Yeah. Have you, so, have, have, uh, do, do you ever watch uh, One Championship? I think they have one. I love, uh, it. I love, I love that, yeah. I love, they, me, they, that, they have the one where it's like one round of Muay Thai, one round of MMA or something like that. They, they, I, I oh, yeah. Demetrius, Demetrius Johnson, Johnson fought in yeah. one of those, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. It would be... It would it be was. interesting, yeah, to to have like a, a round of boxing, a round of even just grappling without striking. Just do one and one, one and one. I've done that uh, with they, my fighters. I've had, I've had one of my fighters that we won a couple of world titles. He fought an event. Uh, it was called KT MMA at the time. It was okay. Kick MMA. That's what they called it, you know, for a friend of mine that put the, put the promotions on. And it was one. The first round was um, was K one basically, K one. And the second round was MMA. Wow. But it was a bit of a nightmare for us in the corner because like, we had to literally change the gloves. You had two minutes to get his gloves off, get the MMA gloves on, take them up, you know. Oh, so you're going up. from boxing gloves to the MMA gloves and back and forth? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and uh, we did that. He did that a couple of times. He fought. He actually fought on one of them. He lost to the fella, but his name was Cody Fisker. Who okay. Who fought on the UFC, sorry. All so right. It was quite a high-level high show it was, actually. Wow. And um, but he done well at that, you know, considering he hadn't really had much MMA background at all, my, my fighter. It was all kickboxing, you know. Mm -hmm. But we've also um uh, the, the the one championships to me, I think it's one of the best out at the moment. Yeah, I think so too. They're 
really high level. I like the way they promote it. I like yeah. the weight. I like the weight cutting uh, policies that they have, trying to get fighters to fight more at their natural weight rather yeah, than. Should be. I think that's, that's a, yeah. I, I'm the same. I'm the same with that. I mean, you know, I, I train fighters a lot, and uh, to me, it's the same old problems in you know, meeting weight and whatever else. You know, really. Yeah. It's it's yeah. dangerous. You know, they 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 drain themselves of fluid. You know, and it's not. That's that's, that's why you don't get that many fatalities or damaging heavyweights really as compared to be you know because they haven't got to drain the weight have they that's right they're not losing all that water in the brain no, among other no. other places yeah yeah you know and uh, it's so dangerous yeah it's so dangerous. And, um, but it's the same I'm not being funny you, you go to Thailand and I've been going there for the last couple of decades or so you see the fighters out there midday and, and you know you know how hot it is in Thailand and um, they're trying to meet weight so they're running down the down the road in their, in their full sweatsuit you know Oh, right, yeah. they're used to the heat anyway, being tired. Right. But sure. you get the Westerners doing it and all, and they're just, they're just uh, unrelenting with that, you know. Yeah, make the, absolutely. Make the way it's all it is, though, you know. So, but that's you know, to me, you've had a few fights. Like I mean, you've had who was the one that fought last weekend? Josh Taylor, the pro boxing. Josh Taylor with um, Lopez, wasn't it? I didn't. It's a boxing. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't follow. I didn't follow it. I think it, last it week was, was, a, it, it was a Madison Square Garden, wasn't it? Last weekend. Uh, I uh, last weekend was a UFC, so that usually that takes takes my attention. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so right. I, yeah, I'm a big Charles Oliveira fan, and he, he oh, had right. an aw- awesome fight last week. Um, yeah, yeah but I, I don't I don't follow boxing unless it's you know like a. Like a tri- like a Triple G or a Canelo or yeah. um I I've um yeah so I, I I only watch like the big fights like if it's if it's a little smaller I usually it's usually off my oh, radar. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, this was quite a big fight, but it was like Josh Taylor really was, was you know he's trying to keep his weight down you know so he mm-hmm. you can see as the fight progress not taking nothing away from Lopez because Lopez is is fantastic you know but right. You can see, you know, he, he probably spent too much in the first few rounds, Josh Taylor, and the weight cut had started to started to uh, catch up on him. You know, That's what happens? Yeah, sure, sure. I once had a dinner with uh, Sergey Kovalev, um, oh. and uh, uh, that was that was really interesting. I was talking to him about all like the weight cutting and the training and everything, and I think people really don't quite understand how intense. The, the level of training is for people who are fighting at that level um, because I think he he had just finished a fight when I saw him. This was before he fought Canelo. And uh, he's like a good friend of one of my cousins who's like a big boxing nerd. And so it was just weird sitting there. And I think people don't appreciate, like, yeah, they know that these guys train hard, but I think between the diet, the preparation, the conditioning, the bag work, the sparring, I think people just don't quite understand how much goes into getting ready for, for one fight and to yeah. and then have to deplete yourself like a maniac that, that basically the week of the fight, it's 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 yeah. crazy. I really well, wish the they, they all do it a little bit more fights. like the one. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the UFC fights, they do, they do it with Walter, don't they? they they, I can't. I've got it somewhere. I've got the. I've got the actual plan somewhere that I was given by a person who gives it to them. They have like a water cut where it's. I can't remember exactly, but it's something stupid like the week before they're drinking like four or six liters a day or something. You know. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. You know, might as well put a hose pipe down there now. And as it goes towards the fight, then they don't drink nothing the last day and they're just pissing. Yeah. They're pissing, they're pissing more than chucked it up that tree when a dog was chasing them. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, maybe maybe, Ch- maybe Chuck was cutting weight because he. Uh, you know, there, there's also that f- uh, famous story that uh, Bruce wanted Chuck to look like look big and imposing for Way of the Dragon, so he told him to like gain all this weight, and apparently yeah. Chuck just got kind of fat, which is why you see he doesn't really have that any yeah, kind of definition. And apparently he was a little upset about that because he felt Bruce Lee kind of made him show up looking like an ox where Bruce Lee's, you know, cut like a, like a Greek statue. Yeah, but don't forget, Chuck, nothing cuts Chuck. Chuck cuts everything. He's <laughs> got the Chuck Norris jokes now, right? Yeah, of course, you know, his, his tears can cure cancer. The problem is he's That's never it. cried. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone knows some Chuck Norris jokes. How many push-ups can Chuck Norris do? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, apparently that that dog that was growling, I've never had puppies again. (laughs) (laughs) See, these these basically write themselves at some point, right? (laughs) That is incredible. So are you you currently, uh, do do you train, do you have your own, like, are you training fighters out of a gym? Do you have your own gym or what is your, what is your own own gym? Got me at Essex Kickboxing Academy. Essex Um, Kickboxing Academy? Yeah, and um, we're trying, I mean, we're going 30, 30 plus years now, if not longer than that, saying that, you know. Wow, and, wow. that's um, incredible. We've, Congrats we've, on Yeah, that. we've trained countless champions over the years, and, you know, we've had loads of good fighters, loads of good, I always say we've had loads and loads of good fighters over the years, you know. We've had some shitty ones and all, but we don't, we don't talk about the good ones. <laughs> That, that, that reminds uh, me, uh, uh, when, when I lived in Seattle a bunch of years back, there's a, a, a famous strip club somewhere in downtown Seattle. And on the side, it had a slogan. It said, um, 99 beautiful girls and three ugly ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, of course. Of, of course, you yeah. also, if you're, you're going to be training people en masse, of course, you're going to have so, some people in there who obviously not, not everyone is cut out to be... No, the, listen, the, majority, level, yeah. the majority of people just train for for the enjoyment, the self defense, or the yes, the general social aspect of it. You know, yeah, it's great. You know, any sort of martial art, you know, as we know, is is a is a great pastime, isn't it? You know, you absolutely. It's not just about fighting, is it? Really, it's just above yeah. that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I, I train. I train myself every day. I, I, you know, well, this week I've trained. I've trained seven times this week. Wow, awesome. That Most awesome. weeks I've trained seven times. But when I go to Thailand, I'm training 12 times a week. Yeah, you got to represent when you're over there, right? <laughs> Which is a killer, you know, because you're up yeah. early, running up the mountain roads in the morning and doing the circuits. Right. And in the afternoon, you're in the Thai gym doing your bag work and your pad work and your sure. everything. You know, and you're, you know, fucking, I'm, I'm 60 this year. I'm, wow, congrats, <laughs> man. You look great. <laughs> too old for this shit. No, you're still yeah. you're still hanging in there. You're still looking good. Enjoy. Uh, be, before before we get out of here, um, I don't know if we talked about this on our first interview, but I just wanted to ask you what your thoughts were about the supposed upcoming Bruce Lee biopic with uh, directed by Ang Lee. I don't know if you know anything about that besides that he casts his own son as Bruce Lee, which seems a little suspicious. But <laughs> like, um, uh-huh. yeah. Do you even know anything about this project? Because it was the big announcement, and then now there's like nothing, right? Not at all. I don't know anything about it at all. Yeah. I've not really bothered to look into it. Um, right. I don't, someone said that it was based on Matthew Polly's book. But I don't know how true that is. I doubt that very highly. I think if the no, Lee estate is involved, so they didn't, I don't think they were big fans of Polly's book. Um, no, no, interesting. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Someone said that to me, but I don't know. How, but no, do, do you know what? I've not really got. I don't. It's like the Elvis film, isn't it? That came out recently. I mean, yes. I'm probably, I'm probably one of the only few people who said it, it's done look like Elvis. I could not look at that and look at it as Elvis. It was a great, a great movie. It was a great. great. It was made well. The I mean, as a as an Elvis anorak, I suppose you look at it and go, well, that's slightly wrong. That's, you can always pick holes in anything. Yes, of course. But um, as a movie, it was great. But I just don't, you know. So going, the reason I'm mentioning that is because I think, well, unless Bruce Lee is so re- recognisable, I suppose, you know, to to a Bruce Lee fan anyway, that you're going to have trouble trying to find someone that's going to look, you know. To, I mean, saying that with all this AI technology now and this computer-generated imagery, they could. They could create. They could create. What's this? What's the? What's it called now? Something face, isn't it? Well, you've seen some. Have you seen the clip? There's a really, really funny clip on YouTube where they've took Sylvester Stallone's face and they've placed. Oh, like it, with with AI, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they've placed it on Home Alone, you know, on Macaulay Culkin's head. Oh yeah, they've been doing that with Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's an entire yeah. account called Brian Brian Monarch on Instagram, <laughs> and he just he yeah he uses AI to put uh, Arnold's face on. He did it. He, he did one with uh, Sharon Stone from Basic Instinct, but with oh. Arnold's face. <laughs> and the the famous scene where she kind of opens her legs, it was like a Terminator in there. It was great. It's like it's it's so great. Yeah, no, it's, it's really. Un- that, what what yeah. could they do with that? They could they could. I'm not talking about Sharon Stone's legs, by the way. What could they, what, what could they do with? Um, I'm jumping in too quick. Uh, yeah, hang on a minute. I'm jumping. Hang on. Um, what they could do now with this technology, they could create Bruce Lee. They could create the voice. I mean, have you have you heard the my son actually sent it to me. He said, have you ever heard Michael Jackson singing Eye of the Tiger? Yeah, they can do that now with the voice. They could basically clone the voice yeah. if there's enough of a sample yeah, it's of on it. YouTube. It's incredible. You look on YouTube. You can, you can look, you Michael look Jackson, out. Eye of the Tiger? Yeah, and it's Michael Jackson. Oh, we're, de- we're definitely checking that out. All right. <laughs> there's several. I mean, Freddie Mercury singing songs that they never sung. Obviously, it's all generated by this AI computer. Wow. So, Incredible. So they can get Bruce's voice. They could. They could... All right, you can't get the essence and the spirit and blah blah blah, but you could really do something, couldn't you? If you if you sure. knew if you knew what he was doing, I mean, you knew the way. If you understood Bruce's philosophy and you know someone who's really in depth with that and the way his thought pattern were to a certain degree, you could really do right. something. I mean, I've always thought they could do that with a silent flute. You know, they could get the silent flute and um, they could create. Uh, I mean, saying that Bruce in, in the silent flute was was wasn't. Bruce, as you see him anyway, was it? it wouldn't have been, would it? It would have been the monkey man. It would have been, right? you know, so it would have been several several characters. Yeah. But it's, you could still do it, couldn't you? You could still give it the Bruce Lee-esque look. And what a great way of doing it. But Yeah, absolutely. But would it sell? Would it sell? Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like, are people really going to buy it? Have, it, it did, have you, did you ever get into the Bruce Lee clone movies? No. I mean, no, I can't get into it, that either. There's a there's a certain segment of Bruce Lee fans that are like equally yeah. crazy about those movies, and I'm like, I don't watch any, even watching something like No Retreat, No Surrender, just because yeah. of his camp effect. Like I'll watch it, yeah. but it's like that, that's right on the border for me. Like like I can't watch any of those Bruce Lee lay clones from like well, who's gonna? I wouldn't want to watch Elvis movies with some guy named Elvis Presley, and like yeah. you know, and, and it's like somebody who big kind of looks like him and doesn't really sing like him, right? But the only, the only it, time I ever, ever watched them as a, as a kid, really, growing up in the seventies, was because 
in the UK, you couldn't go and see a Bruce Lee movie. You had to be 18. Right. So unless you sneaked into the back exit door, you know, which we did a few times, but unless you did that, <laughs> you couldn't legitimately sit and watch a Bruce Lee movie. So, you know, these films come out, The Legend of Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, True Story. You go, wow, oh, let's right. go and watch that, you know. But you knew, I always knew in my head, I thought, it's like Jackie Chan, you know, as, as great as Jackie Chan is, you know, and all these different Hong Kong stars, as great as they are, I could never really get into it because it was to me it was just Bruce Lee. I just couldn't get into it. But that's just me, you know. Yeah, and I was the same way. I, was, I, I, I couldn't get into Jackie Chan until I was later in my teen years when I realized, okay, he's doing something different. He's not trying to be yeah, Bruce Lee. Right, right, but, 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 yeah, but when I was younger, the only time I would see a Jackie Chan title was like new fist of fury where I, yeah. for me, like my introduction to Jackie Chan was that he was another one of those Lee clones. So it took yeah. like, it took a number of years before I realized like that he had gone out and done his own thing. And I would like, look at that. Yeah. I, I get, yeah. well, I, it actually makes me happy that you're that way because I sometimes feel like I'm in a minor, minority of Bruce Lee fans. Like even I have Jeet Kune Do friends who are so into Jeet Kune Do and then also really into those Bruce Lee clone movies. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I've always, I've always had this, and I've probably upset a few people when I've said it, but what is Jeet Kune Do? What, what is, how can you, you know, as, as Bruce Lee or whoever said, it's not, it's not a product, it's a process. Right, right. So, you know, it's, when you hear someone go, oh, they're a Jeet Kune Do instructor, Jeet Kune Do instructor, and you think, well, what, what do they mean by that? I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, what do they mean by that? You know, I, is it, I, I totally hear you, man. Listen, there are legitimate martial arts out there that, that teach the concepts of Jeet Kune Do that are, are good. I'm not knocking anyone. Right. But uh, sometimes, but there are certain people that we've all witnessed that, you know, that you think, really? Right. You know, they're, 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 they're teaching a martial art. They've got, they've got the, you know, they've got a big beer belly. They can't lift the leg above their waist. You know, they're, they're, I'm not saying they've got to be Jean-Claude Van Damme when they kick him, but right. these people they're, they're never train themselves. Yeah, it's embarrassing, especially yeah, because he was all yeah. about the fitness. And then how can oh, you represent Jeet Kune Do oh, and be moving around like a, like a Jeet Kune Donut? You know, it's yeah, like exactly. it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's true, though, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of the ones we, we do know, yeah, the main ones, you know, they, they all train. They all, they all right. do their art and they train, you know, and... Um, I'm, you know, I'm not mentioning any. I don't want to mention people's names because I don't want to upset anyone. But to me, and who am I to do it anyway? Who am I? You know, I'm, all I'm trying to say is, to me, if you're if you're teaching something, you should be able to at least perform that to a certain degree. I right. know as you get older, listen, I can't kick. I used to, I used to be able to kick strap in the air, and I'm not as good a kicker as I used to be. But it's, you know, that I don't even put it down to getting older. That's probably just being lazy with me stretching. Uh huh. You know, to a certain degree, but you, you do get injuries, you do get scar tissue, sure. you do get. Back, you know, I've got, I do a lot of running, so I tend to suffer on my back sometimes. So I can't, right. you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll get problems with that. You know, we all do. Listen, we're, yeah. we're it's age related decline. Yeah, of course, yeah. But at the same time, you know, you get a lot, it's, it's the money trail again, isn't it? If you follow the money trail, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you must have that in Wing Chun as well. You must, you must know people with a, without naming people that, charlatans or whatever way you want to put it. You know, well, most Wing Chun people, they're just, the class is just an hour of this. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I don't, I don't really jibe with any of those guys too much. No, so no, I'm you. also a bit, bit of an outlier as far as that goes. Uh, yeah. I, I recently had uh, Dr. James Bishop on uh, the podcast yeah. and he said, yeah. he said something interesting. He said, um, 
Jeet Kune Do is the only style where you can buy an action figure of the founder. <laughs> and I thought that was a really interesting uh, way of looking. Yeah, you can't, can't do that with any karate style or judo. I mean, maybe there's a bobblehead here of Masoyama somewhere, but yeah, a mass a mass produced uh, uh, action figure. No, I think that definitely sets Bruce Lee apart in that he's also a cultural uh, um, icon. So that, that well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, isn't it? Different Bruce Lee fans, you know, some are into the philosophy, some are into the movies. Some, you know, some are into the bobbleheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got, you got Bruce Lee fans that, um, or, or followers that only pure, are purists as far as the JKD side of things, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and I, I know, I know, I know Bruce Lee dudes like my friend Hector Martinez. He's like into yeah. collecting all this stuff. He doesn't do martial yeah. arts, no. and he like collects all the Bruce Lee stuff. And like for me, that's super cool. But it's also like yeah, it's also weird. <laughs> like I'm like, well, you know, why don't you also do some martial arts? <laughs> like I mean, like you you're into all this stuff. But like you know, you don't you don't want to actually do it. It's like for me, the martial arts is the most exciting part about all of this, right? No, a lot of it is. I'm not saying Hector anyone, but like people they collect, they've got great collections, and that's that's what they're doing. It and it's it's the same as someone following any sort of uh, like Star. Like, oh, I say Star Trek always gets a bad press, doesn't it? Really, but you know, the trickies. But yes. it's the same thing that they follow that. You know, they're not necessarily flying away in space, but they're they're following. Right. The, you know, they they it, it, it's a, I think it's a, it's healthy. It's better than I suppose sitting on the corner smoking drugs or right. You know, or whatever. You know, but uh, <laughs> or drinking yourself to death. You know, it's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a hobby. You know, it's interesting, yeah. and yeah, I think it's great. I mean, to me, I, 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 that side of things I love. Also, I love the, the people that collect like Hector. That that's great because yeah. the way they the way they display things is you know it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, you admire that, yeah. you know. Yeah, bless his yeah. wife for letting him put all that stuff in his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Then you get the martial artists that you you got to admire because you think, well, they're not so much ones that try and copy Bruce Lee because you can't, you know. That I think when you see him trying to copy Bruce Lee and move like Bruce Lee, you think that goes against the to totally goes against the principles of Jeet Kune Do anyway. Absolutely. You know, yourself, you know, like you, you can't you can't be Bruce Lee. There's only one. There's only one Alex. There's only one Steve. There's only one Bruce Lee. You know, you got to be that right. person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but, but yeah, obviously you've got those out there that are like that, but you've got a lot of them that ain't. They're good martial artists that get influenced by the philosophy or the, the mindset of Bruce Lee, you know. And I, I think I might have said before, but the way I, when I teach, I always say, funny enough, I was teaching this morning, I was saying, you know, they do like two students and they was doing combinations on the bag. And I said, look, it's a bit like, and they're trying to say, well, you see them looking at each other, well, he's doing it more. I said, let me stop you there. I said, listen. I said, if I gave you the 26 letters of the alphabet and give you 26 letters of the alphabet and said, right, go over there and write a sentence and come back, what's the chances of having the same sentence? Right. It's the same letters. It's the same. They work from the same work, the work board or whatever you want to call it, you know? So you've got to look at it like that. Or if I signed your signature, it's the same letters. It's your name, but it's not your signature. Right. So you've got to learn the basic basics. As which, which Bruce Lee, that's why they say they get confused and say, well, how comes he's, he had a Wing Chun background and he had this background? He had the basics there. Now, yeah. it's what you do with that basics. How you, how you put your signature on that, isn't it? What suits right. you. Absolutely. So, which comes into the whole, it's not a product, it's a process. So you're using that process of Jeet Kune Do, the Jeet Kune Do process to develop right. your art. So 
it really, in, in an ideal world, you could have 10 Jeet Kune Do practitioners and it'll all be completely different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with yeah, you there. If you've, got, if you've got 10, say Wing Chun or 10 Karate or 10 Kickboxing, they're all majorly the same on the Yeah, outside. they'll be a lot more, a lot more similar, yeah. But, but yeah. You've got, you can also put that JK, JKD principle into Wing Chun or into Kickboxing by making that individual person you're teaching develop what he's good at. Right, absolutely. absolutely. No, you know what I'm saying? You talk about it for years, but... Right. So that's where I think that, going back to the Bruce Lee fans, you've got the, you've got the collectors and you've got the martial artists. I think there's a lot of good martial artists out there that, you know, that, um, due to the influence of Bruce Lee. Yeah, that. absolutely, 100%, 100%. Well, hey, Steve, this was amazing. It was so great to catch up with you again. We had been talking well, about this for a while. Well. Yeah, yeah it was you. cool to see. I'm eagerly awaiting. By the way, what is the title of your upcoming book? What the why the why the dragon book? Yes. Right. Or Bruce is that a secret? Lee, <laughs> Bruce Lee Dragon. Bruce Lee Dragon. Awesome. Love it. Love and it. You know what, right? That's that's the name we've settled on at the moment because um yeah, we went through different loads of different names. I mean originally I had Legends of the Dragon and whatever right. stuff. But we think well, what what is the you know what how can you name it? You know, it's, it, the dragon, the whole dragon thing was really, it was originally called Enter the Dragon, wasn't it, as we know? Yes, yes. And then that was put aside, and then it was changed to Why the Dragon. Right, although the, the Chinese title was the same. It was only the English title, so the, the, yeah, true. He, yeah. he wanted Enter the Dragon, but the Chinese title was always Mang Long Guokong, which is a yeah. very different, it's basically the fierce dragon like crosses the, the sea, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's which is a great title. It just it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue the way it does in Chinese. But it's it's a cool, uh, yeah. it's a cool title because th- that that saying uh, that Chinese saying about Mang Long the 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 fierce dragon is because uh, Chinese never want to leave China. So if they leave China, they say only the Mang Long, only the fierce dragon dares uh, to leave China. So uh, that's why he was the Mang Long that crossed the sea. He's the fierce yeah. Chinese tiger who dared to leave yeah. China, right? So, uh, yeah, it's a very, very cool sentiment. It's just not easily translated into English. Um, awesome. Well, it was great seeing you. Um, looking forward Thank to this much. coming out. Uh, while you, uh, How long are you going to be in Thailand for, for how long? Like a month or? A month, yeah. A month. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be in Hong Kong in August. I was thinking like, wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a tour, a two-week tour. I have all sorts, of, all, all sorts of people coming from all over, and I'm going to show them all around Hong Kong. And I've always yeah. been looking for some excuse to go to Thailand. I've not been to Thailand. I've been to Bali, uh, but I've not been to Thailand. So I just if you, really, ever, if you ever want to go, you know, and you want to go and we're there, we can train yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I would I would love to train in Thailand. What an, how yeah, awesome would yeah. that be? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're more welcome to be with us to do that. Awesome, definitely. I'll definitely hit you up when when that comes time. Cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was great seeing you. Take care. Okay, Have a good, good one. All right, everyone. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Kung Fu Genius. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Kung Fu Genius. Hit that bell for notifications. And if you have any questions you want me to answer on a future episode of the Kung Fu Genius, go ahead and write those in the comments below. Or if you want me to interview someone else like I did with Steve Carriage this time, let me know. Who do you want me to interview? Put that in the comments below. And as always, I'll see you guys next time. 
Word is I'm a kung fu genius. Technique speaks for me, not lineage. Forget Jet Li, cause I'm the one. Many call me Sifu, but to you I'm Seekung. And I produce masters. You surpassed us. Your kung fu stiffer than corpse and caskets. City Wing Chung is the house I built. Violate the gate and your blood gets spilt. Alex Richter, always the victor. Okay, you're definitely the villain here. Oh, They're damn it. We didn't get you we didn't get you to say twat. <laughs> He's so disappointed. <laughs> lots of gems, a little bit of Andrew Tate, and lots of in the great ah oh, fuck. <laughs> twat. <laughs> Shit me in the twat 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 twat. Twat. On today's episode, all right, peeps. On today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be talking with Steve Garagios. Ah, I'm having a Dre moment. Twat. Lots of gems. A little bit of Andrew Tate. And in the wide's words of wide's 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 what the fuck? The Queen's English. Fuck off. Right. And in the wide words of the Buddha, did I just say wide again? Wide's words. What the words. Jesus fucking Christ. All right, peeps, on today's episode of the Kung Fu Genius, the genius will be talking with Steve. <laughs> yeah, just loving them buttons, aren't you? Loving it.